0: Good morning or good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're watching, listening to uh, this service today. Um, I'm Jackie and I'm one of the pastors on the team at Gold Hill and it's my privilege to continue to talk into the series that we are looking at over the summer, Summer of Blessing. And so far if you have already been following, we have been looking at, is it God's plan to bless? And the answer is yes. And what does blessing look like? And today we're looking at how do we receive this blessing. And we're going to be looking at a passage in the Old Testament, a short passage out of Jeremiah, a prophet. uh, Chapter 17, if you want to grab a Bible and open it to be ready for that. But first, I would like you just to look at this image. It's a beautiful image of a child being thrown into the air, possibly by the father and you see that look of connection between the small child and the father, the man, who's playing, and this child is uber confident, happy, content. Just you can feel that joy that's going on here. Something that perhaps if we were more adult and somebody decided they wanted to check us up in the air, we might have lots of questions about that. But here's the child, fully trusting how did that child become so trusting because their experience of this person is that they are trustworthy you can see that the child's now of a certain height above but i guess that before they threw them that high they'd have just done a little throw they have learnt. this child has learnt to trust this man they are confident and this is an image that i think just helps to get us to be thinking about how high do we allow Father to throw us up into the atmosphere where we're not being held, where we are being looked at though, where the arms are still reaching out to us, but we are in a bit of a free fall situation. How is your trust? Because as we look at this passage of scripture, we're going to see that actually the blessings of God come when we trust him. But I should expect that you and I recognize that trust is something that's quite easy to talk about, but it is not always so easy to live out. Or we think we are trustworthy and then our circumstances challenge us. Well, we're going to look, as I said, through the lens of what was happening. It's about 600 or so years before Jesus. And here is this prophet Jeremiah. And he is speaking to a group of people who have gone way away from how God had wanted of them. God had planned that this group, the Israelites, God's special people, would be his voice to the nations. But instead, they've just assimilated to be the same as the nations around them. They have started to behave in ways that all the years ahead before they would never have thought they would. Jeremiah paints a very sordid picture, a a real picture in the first 16 chapters of Jeremiah where we see that these people have become idol worshippers. They've become people who uh, sacrifice their children. Whereas when God had taken these people out of Egypt, when he had brought them across into the promised land, they were so certain they were different they wanted to be different but now they've just been drawn into following the ways of the countries around them and jeremiah is desperately sad for what's going on in their situation and god is using this man to speak to them and actually because of the fact that we can read those 16 chapters and realize how sordid their lives have become it is amazing when we actually see how god still is reaching out to them so what does god say through jeremiah he says this but blessed are those who trust in the lord and have made the lord their hope and confidence they are like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought their leaves stay green and they have never stopped producing fruit there's another version called The Message and it speaks of it the same. I must want to read this for us just to kind of it gets a different slight image of this. But blessed is the man who trusts me, God, the woman who sticks with God. They're like trees replanted in Eden, putting down roots near the rivers. Never a worry through the hottest of summers, never dropping a leaf, serene and calm, through droughts, bearing fresh fruit every season. Now those folks in that part of the world, as of today, would have understood the reality of droughts. Perhaps we're all seeing that more as climate is changing. And the reality is in a drought when the rain doesn't fall is that a huge amount of plants and vegetation and animals die. But in this image, we have that beautiful illustration of the tree planted near the water, a constant supply, a river, and the roots of the tree are going deep into that water. So it can suck up everything it needs. And because it's sucking up the nutrients, it has got green leaves, it is healthy, it is fruitful. But it's more than that. It's also a tree that seems to be content because it's not worried about the future. Whatever the future may bring, it has got its roots where they need to be to draw on the resources that they need to stay strong. And obviously, this image is God speaking to the people saying, that's how I want you to be. I want you to have your roots in the right place. And that, I presume is exactly the same for us today. God wants us to have our roots in the right place, going down deep. But as I've said, there are times when we aren't like that, are we? We think we might be, but then we find we're not. The last 18 months or so has tested so many people, whether they are people with faith or not, of actually how secure are their roots in life because of this pandemic. It has been horrific for some, not only because of the actual illness, but because of the economic changes that have happened. The fact that people have lost jobs, lost incomes. Their whole livelihood has been changed. But more than that, there's been such an element, hasn't there, of fear. Fear in the way that news is given to us on TV or radio or the internet. Everything was focused on the negative. And we, perhaps, like the people of Israel, start to just become like them. We, we listen to those voices instead of looking beyond that to see, well, where are you, God? Interestingly, the Israelites, if you go back to the 16 chapters of Jeremiah, even though they had completely turned away from God, they did occasionally turn back to God and say, well, where are you? Why aren't you helping us? There was an arrogance about it, a bit like we can live our life as we want, but we expect you to sort it out when it gets tough. And that is something within our own human nature that we can do too. We can look to God as a bit like the Santa Claus, just fix my problem. Whereas God is drawing us to see that actually we need to have our roots deep into an understanding of who he is, of how he works, of how he wants us to live so that we do not need to fear whatever is to come. Let me use a visual illustration. This is an aloe vera plant. (laughs) I was thinking if I was speaking to you live at this point I'd probably get you to say something like aloe vera, but anyway, bad joke. You can all groan now. This aloe vera plant is one that I have potted from a previous aloe vera plants. And aloe veras grow So you have a main plant, and then as the roots go deep, it produces new little plants. And what I try to do is, once I think they've got to a reasonable size, I will take them out and repot them. Now these ones are ready for being repotted, and if I was to take this out of the pot, you would see huge amounts of roots that have gone down to the base of the pot. And I now water this plant from the bottom because I know the roots are going to draw up the nutrients. It does mean sometimes that the soil itself still can be quite dry, but as long as there's enough water at the bottom, they can suck it up. But when you first repot them, and here's one, here's one I had earlier, bit of a Blue Peter moment there. I actually, when I first repot them, I need to water them from the top because the soil needs to stay moist so that the roots of the little plants will start to grow. Now, I think that so often when we are new believers or we're going through difficult times, God is so kind to us. He waters us. He gives us what we need to be um, enabled to live the life he wants us to. And he takes us gently. It's a bit like the dad just throwing a little way into the air. There's a promise of scripture that he will never test us more than we can bear, but so often as adults, unlike the child, we have started to experience life in a way that means we start to put caveats around when we think God is trustworthy. A few weeks ago, Terry, when he was speaking, he spoke about the reality that at times we are people who I need to recognize that there is a gap in time between when we cry out to God and when we will see the answer. We might think God's forgotten us. Our caveat is if you're going to take a long time, then you are not a trustworthy God. Our roots are only on the surface. We only want it if we can have it now. We live in an instant society, don't we, that expects everything immediately. But strong roots don't happen if they are easily just watered from the top. They become stronger when they're taken to the bottom, when they draw down, and then they can suck up the nutrients from the base. It's that way of how God wants us to learn how to trust him. But what stops us then? Yes, I've said it's sometimes our own experiences, but it's often how we think. And how much we are drawn to listen to the voices of the society in which we live as to what is trustworthiness. The Israelites, who Jeremiah is speaking to, had somehow lost their childlike trust. They'd forgotten the things that God had led them through, those enormous realities of walking through a river on dry ground, the reality of having manna in the desert food brought to them by the ravens. I mean, this is amazing, but they've forgotten. And we too can be people very easily who forget how God has worked in our lives, or we forget what the Bible says about how God works in other people's lives. In the verses just before the ones I read in chapter 17, there is something we can capture and can learn because it talks about what are the things that curse people have a real dichotomy between the blessing which comes through being trusting in God and the curses because, and let me read this to you. This is what the Lord said, "'Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They're like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future.'" Two things out of that, these people have been people who looked to other humans for their resources, for their help. They'd stopped looking to God. It was easier to look to other people, so they thought. But in that, they had lost something beautiful. They'd lost the ability to have real contentment in difficulties. So they also, then they turned their hearts away from God. I don't know about you today, whether or not you've deliberately turned your heart away from God. Many of you, I guess because you're watching, you you wouldn't presume so. But there are times, aren't there, when in our lives we look for other people to reach to be our source of enabling, of our strength, of our wisdom. We look to them first. I believe God wants us to be remembering this morning or this afternoon, whenever you're watching, that he wants to be your first point of call. Whatever it is. God's not just interested in your spiritual life. He's interested if you're having a problem at work, if you've got problem with your children, your family, your your finances, your relationships. God cares about them all. And he would want us to be people who turn to him first, turning our head to him. Yes, God may use other people to um, help us, but first and foremost, do I, do you look to him first? Why would we do that? Because we would know that he is trustworthy. In a letter written by Peter, he says this verse, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. All our anxious thoughts matter to God. He doesn't want us just to bring our spiritual life to him. He wants us to bring every aspect of life to him. He wants us to see that as we pray about these ordinary things, that we can see the response that he gives, and that grows our trust. That is then means that we take that experience into the next part of our life. A little while back, I was talking to a young woman who had grown up in a missionary family, and uh, she talked to me about the fact that she had watched her parents pray about everything. She so sort of said they prayed about uh, getting a car, about getting a new cooker, about um, whether or not they'd be able to travel into the city. And what she observed was that each of these prayers seemed to be answered. This was a small child when she first went away. Now she's back in the UK and she said, for her, trusting God for the ordinary is not a problem. It's what she's seen. Actually, the more we see this modeled, the more we have it actually lived out in our own lives, the greater we will trust for the next time the greater it means that when God throws us higher, we don't start flailing or being fearful people, but we can be content in whatever the circumstance in which we find ourselves. So do you think God cares about you in all aspects of your life? The challenge is often shown as to whether or not we really do is what are our behaviors? We can see our actions speak louder sometimes than our words. God is not, though, wanting to judge us harshly. He only wants us to understand ourselves so that we can be enabled to trust him more. I just want to finish with talking about five steps, five things that may help us trust him, learn to trust him more. And they're simple things. This is not rocket science, but just to help us to think about this. The first step would be, admit it when you have doubts about God. Admit where you are anxious. Admit it to yourself. Say, yeah, I am scared about dot, 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 whatever it would be. And then turn that into your prayer. Admit it to God. Step three, what are the lies that you are being influenced by? Whose voices? What societal influences like the Israelites are actually now permeating into you so that you stop trusting that God cares, that he wants to be active, that he is powerful and loving and able to be involved in whatever it is that is of concern to you. The fourth point, put your roots back into being a stronger place. If you realize that this is where you've drifted to, what do you need to do? You need to put your roots back into the place where you will grow in trust. Now, one of the things of the pandemic has meant that we have been separated from each other. I think it's been one of the evils of it. No longer have we been able to gather on Sundays regularly apart from online. And it isn't the same, is it? You don't have that sense of connectedness. You don't have that sense of an eye to eye communication. But I believe we need to be people who are intentional as we have this now pandemic, the influences of it withdrawing in the UK at least that we are people who intentionally come back into community. We intentionally find a small group where we will actually be linked strongly, where we can walk alongside each other and challenge each other in a kindness and grow with each other and hear the testimony of how God is at work so that our trust grows so that next time, hopefully it won't be another pandemic, but whatever may come into your life, you are not afraid to trust him. So that God can chuck you high and you know that his arms are still reaching out and his eyes are still looking directly at you and you can feel secure in that. We need to be people, fifth step, connected. We need to be back into connection. As somebody who has been a part of trying to oversee the small group structure of Gold Hill, I think we are now at a really good position where we grow these small groups because actually we see how decimating it has been to us as gross people in our faith because we've been separated. We need to come back in and connect back in with people. So how do we get the blessing that God has for us? We need to put our roots into the places where we grow in trust. It's a simple message but simple doesn't mean it's always easy to do. As a former pastor of this church used to say, it's not the parts of the Bible that I don't understand that cause me problems, it's the part that I do. We know that we are called to be people who trust God in all circumstance, but we need God's help to do that, don't we? So I'd like to pray for us all, as individuals, as family groups, and as a church, that we will be people who will grow in that trust. Maybe you pray with me, Father, here we are, people who very easily get lured into not trusting you for all sorts of reasons and we want to be changed. We want to be people who, like that child, can be thrown as high as you want us to be thrown so that we are able to fulfil our destiny. But knowing that we are secure even when we are up in the air and you will not drop us. You will not let us down. So I pray that you will journey within each each of us individually, within our families. Help us as a family to grow, to see how you want to help us as a family structure. And broader as a church family because you've got plans and purposes for us in this community. And we have something beautiful to be able to offer, a life of contentment, of fruitfulness, of lack of anxiety, when we are really aware of being held by you. But we need your help, God. So please, Holy Spirit, lead us forward, I pray. Amen.